Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. We're continuing with our uh, look at soul and spirit, This, these two things that can sometimes cause conflict within us. And uh, you mentioned on yesterday's programme, Colin, that it's good if we feel weak. And you you said personally how you have found that when you're at your weakest and God puts a huge responsibility or a huge challenge across your path, you welcome that because uh, he knows that you will, he will help you to succeed. And I've learned to thank God for failure because failure is the result of trusting self and not trusting God. Oh, that's a hard lesson. It's a hard lesson, but it's one we all have to learn. God cannot fail. By definition, he cannot fail. And if he lives in me and I fail, that's because I've trusted myself and not trusted the one who lives within me. When you say fail, does that mean that you haven't had enough faith for a situation? How are you defining failure? Well, it all depends. Fail to obey because I've trusted myself. Yes, sometimes it's a failure to believe. Um, A failure to do whatever needs to be done because I've tried to do it in my own strength rather than in dependence upon the Spirit of God who lives in me. It's very simple. And I was explaining yesterday that the two most difficult categories of people to bring to faith in Jesus uh, are the rich and those who are very proud of their intellects. Let, Let me say that there are some people that are very proud of their intellects, although they're not all that intellectual. It's just that they think they are. Um, you know, they they depend upon their reason rather than depending upon the revelation. Now, this means that God has to bring us to the place of humility. First of all, to bring us to Christ, we have to humble ourselves to come to him. But then having come to Christ, we have to learn to live in that place of humility. Now, there's a key scripture for us here in Philippians chapter 2. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Now, what is an attitude? An attitude is a mindset or a heart set. In Hebraic thought, that's one and the same, mind, heart. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. In other words, you should have the mind of Christ. Now, what is that attitude? What is that mindset? Well, the scripture continues who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient even to the point of death even death on a cross. Now, what is in the whole of of that passage is humility, servanthood, obedience. You see, this, this is how Christ lived. He had a natural soul life, like we all do, or he wouldn't have been thoroughly human. But at all times, he was humble enough, he kept under the will of his Father. I have not come to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. I speak no words of my own. I speak only the words my Father gives me to speak. I can do nothing of myself. Even Jesus, the Son of God, said that. I can do nothing of myself. 
he knew his self-life was weak. He could not perform a miracle with his self-life. He had to perform the miracle in the power of God, in the power of his Father, in the name of his Father. So he said, I do only the things I see my Father doing. There's this complete dependence. His soul was completely dependent upon the Spirit. So in Jesus, the soul and the Spirit acted in total harmony and unity. That, if you like, is the perfection that God wants us to aspire to. Be perfect for your Father in heaven is perfect. Be complete. Be complete in the way in which your soul and spirit uh, act in unity. That's the ideal. That's the aim. Meanwhile, because we're not in that place of perfection, we have to keep submitting the soul to the spirit. That means we have to stay in the place of humility before God. Stay in that place of acknowledging whatever I do in my own strength comes to nothing, means nothing, will bear no lasting or eternal fruit. But when I live in dependence upon God, then he will work through me. He will speak through me. He will heal through me. He will do whatever in the life of somebody else, not just through me, but through any believer. You say that God is constantly putting such huge challenges across your path that in the natural you could never, ever deal with them, Colin. Have you ever had a situation where you've been tempted to turn your back on something? It's just too big. I'm thinking of the person listening to you now who's faced with a challenge that only faith can help them through. Oh, yes, all the time. All the time. Because the the only way in which God enlarges our faith is to put us in a situation where we've never trusted God in that way before. So you're saying we should embrace that, we should welcome that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is, uh, God knows exactly what he's doing. In all things, he's working together for our good. So God puts a new faith challenge before you. You need to say, hallelujah, or even just hooray, praise God, this is wonderful, because now my faith is being stretched and and. He will lead me through this situation. He will enable me because he he does not want me to fail. He never wants me to fail. God would never put a situation before me because he wants me to fail. So he wants to create in me the faith that will enable me to, to actually come good in this situation because he is the author and perfecter of my faith. So here is a new challenge because God wants to do a further work of perfecting of my faith. So, uh, you know, this is the story of my life. God continually putting before me things I can't do. And your testimony is that he's never let you down. Never, never let me down. And, uh, I mean, you know me well enough to to know how I work. You know, I sit in this studio and I sit here and talk and the Spirit of God just causes all this revelation to pour out. I've got no notes. I haven't prepared what I'm going to say. I prepared myself, of course. But what is this? This is the anointing of God. This is the provision of God. Why? Because I trust him and depend upon him. I know he will speak uh, through me. I know I'm not going to suddenly freeze and, and have nothing to say and don't know what to do and don't know what to say. Why? Because my trust and confidence is in him. And so, you know, none of the glory belongs to me or the glory belongs to him. Um, people often say, oh, God spoke to me so much through your 
radio program, through your television program, through your preaching, through your book. And I say, well, praise God, give God the glory because it's he that has done that. He has spoken. I haven't spoken. He's the one that's spoken through me. I'm just the channel. I'm just the mouthpiece. Now, when you realize that, you see, it keeps you humble. Uh, people can get into pride when they when they think, oh, it's my anointing, it's because I'm such a mighty man or woman of God and all the rest. That's dangerous, very dangerous. But when you realize, well, I can't do anything. Jesus says I can't do anything. Apart from him, I can't do anything. Apart from him, I can't make a radio program. Apart from him, I can't teach the word of God. Apart from him, I can't bring revelation that changes people's lives. But then I'm not apart from him. I live in him and he lives in me. So if I trust him, he is going to work through my life. Now, you see, this is exactly what Paul is saying in Philippians about Jesus, that he humbled himself, not only in becoming man, but the way in which he lived as a man. He kept under the authority of his father. He kept submitted to his father at all times. We, In the terms in which we've been talking these last few days, he kept his soul submitted to his spirit, you see. This is what we need to do. Now, what did God do as a result? Well, if we read the next verse, therefore God exalted him to the highest place. Now, what is God going to do with us if we humbly and faithfully seek to fulfill his will in our lives, if if we keep that self-life in submission to his spirit, what's he going to do? He's going to exalt us to live and reign and rule with Christ Jesus for all eternity. So that's the reward for humility. It's the reward for obedience. Oh, salvation is a gift, but Jesus said each man will be rewarded according to what he has done. So your reward is going to depend upon how you have lived and how you have walked in Christ, how you have submitted your life to Christ, not getting away from him, not getting all proud, so proud that you think you don't have to pray. You don't have to set time aside for God to build your fellowship and relationship with him that you don't need God's word because you have the anointing of the Spirit. See, all those proud, proud attitudes are really of the flesh. They're of the natural life. They're not of the spirit. They're of the soul. They're not of God. And when we begin to think like that and speak like that, then we're in real, real trouble. So I praise God that in Christ Jesus, he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, that he has given us everything we need for life and godliness, that we lack no good thing, we lack no spiritual gift. All these things are scriptural phrases that he has enriched us in every way. Not he will, but he has. And all those riches are there within you by the life of the Spirit. That's why it's so important to keep your soul, your self-life, submitted to the Spirit, to Christ in you, because then God can express more and more of his life through your natural soul life. Jesus said, rivers of living water can flow out of your spirit. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 